All right, we are back with another episode of About Crypto. I have a buddy of mine here, Iago, who is a contributor to Sovereign. How's it going, man? Great. How are you doing? Good. You know, we're still in a pandemic, but it seems to be getting a little better. So, not too bad. <laughs> A little worse, but uh, you know, hopefully, it won't be quite as bad as the first. Yeah. And the third, further. yeah, I guess we're just gonna have to see what happens. Hopefully, everything calms down soon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so my first question for you is uh, how did you get involved in Bitcoin? Well, uh, I've always been very um, involved in the idea of personal sovereignty and liberty. I come from a family of, uh, uh, of anarchists and rebels. Uh, you know, my family fought the Nazis in the Warsaw ghetto and my great grandfather got kicked out of Soviet Russia for being, um, too communist for the, for the Soviet regime. And, um, we've been, you know, in one way or another for, all the generations that I'm aware of, uh, a, a group of um, rogues and, and, and anarchists. And, and so my generation's version of that is Bitcoin. Yeah, so uh, I think around 2011 um, was the first time I heard about Bitcoin and I've been almost 100% Bitcoin ever since. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome, man. And I'm sure a lot of people here uh, really appreciate that. So what are you currently working on? So right now I'm working on what I would want to use uh, with Bitcoin. So I, I, I was just, actually, I just um, found uh, today a blog post I had written in 2014 after Mt. Gox crashed. And I said uh, that we, we should be ashamed of ourselves. You know, we, we've got this amazing decentralized currency. And instead of using decentralized systems or peer-to-peer -to -peer systems to, to trade it, we've just put it all into these systems that ape or mimic the existing financial world. And I was sure that um, some point uh, very, very soon, and I've been thinking this for years, someone was going to build a highly functional decentralized alternative where you could borrow and lend and and trade and, and, and lever up your Bitcoin. You could go longer than the Bitcoin you already have and you can stack sets and you can do it all without having to give up control of your keys or trust some central party. And we don't really have that in the Bitcoin world. And um, so when the pandemic started, a bunch of uh, Bitcoiners that had known each other for years got together and we started trying to figure out how to get masks to anyone in the world by creating a distributed network of 3D printers to print N95 masks. And um, while we were working on that, we got to talking about all the things that had happened over the years and what uh, were our disappointments and what was most exciting, what the weirdest stories. And during this course of conversation, we realized that like, this had been our dream product since forever and it had actually never gotten built. And then we said, screw it, we're just going to do it ourselves. And so over the last few months, that that's what we've been doing. And now Sovereign is going to be launching in a few days. Yeah, and, and that's awesome. And I've seen you guys progress so rapidly and I'm involved in the chats and that's so incredible to see. So thanks. Uh, yeah, we're excited. Yeah. So you thanks. went through the Mount Gox crash. What was that like? That was 
I think devastating on a level that people don't understand today um, because we've gotten so used to the ups and the downs of the crypto world, but that was, that was in many ways the first really big one. And I'd lost friends as a result. I know people who committed suicide. Um, I know people who, you know, basically lost everything. Um, I actually never used Mt. Gox because of, you know, all of the reasons I just told you, but, um, but it was devastating for me as well because the entire community was like, it was like our 9-11. Yeah, that's, I could definitely see that. And I've heard horror stories due to the Mt. Gox crash. And it's, it's incredible that it's still going on and we're still seeing the repercussions from that. Yeah. So another question for you is like, what do you think Bitcoiners um, should embrace? Well, I think Bitcoiners have it right on almost everything. Um, but I also think that Bitcoin culture right now is kind of, um, kind of scarred uh, from the trauma of going through the, uh, the, the double whammy of the block size wars on the one hand, and at the same time seeing Ethereum explode on the other. And as a result, I think the community in many ways, not everyone, but the most vocal people in the community um, have become quite defensive and um, very aggressively sort of anti everything that isn't Bitcoin. And they're right, right? Everything that isn't Bitcoin is just an inflation of digital scarcity. But the way to defeat that is not uh, by being defensive, but rather by doing what everyone always said Bitcoin would do. And there was, it used to be this idea that was like one of the central memes of Bitcoin it was like as big as HODL or the honey badger, which was that any technology which improves upon Bitcoin will simply be adopted by Bitcoin. And I think we need to recapture that idea of innovation and adventure and that we need to um, adopt any good idea that anyone has and be open to the fact that some other people could have good ideas or that they could be potentially within the mire of the altcoin world, good ideas. And I think the place to do that is what we now have, which is Bitcoin layer two, which is really starting to mature between uh, Lightning Network and sidechains like RSK, there really are very, very powerful tools available to extend the, the power, to basically give Bitcoin extra superpowers through Bitcoin Layer 2. And I think what's really crucial about that is it also allows us to never have to change uh, main chain Bitcoin, uh, which should always just keep on chugging along block after block like a, like a law of nature, unchanged and unchangeable by humans. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I completely agree with you. And the fact you're, you're building these things with, without KYC, um, I'm sure a lot of people appreciate that as well, because that has been a huge stopping point, I think, of the progress of Bitcoin in general, which is really sad to see. Yeah, I, you know, KYC is, is um, <laughs> yeah, they say Ethereum's a scam, right? The biggest scam is KYC. It's just a way of uh, capturing everyone's information um, and, and placing it in places where they can get hacked and frequently do and, um, and, and creating a global financial surveillance system while using excuses like it's going to stop crime or terrorism or whatever and it never actually does. So um, 
that has to be one of the biggest assaults on liberty uh, anywhere. Uh, and it's global. It's, a, it's, a, it's not led by any one country. It's like led by, by governments because they, they understand the value in it. And so the only protection is building systems which are permissionless and uncensorable. It's like Satoshi described, you know, the difference between Bitcoin and eGold is, is not that, you know, any one of the features. It's the fact that like BitTorrent, it is so distributed that there's no way um, to co-opt it. And so uh, we've seen time and time again, exchanges come and say, you know, we're not doing KYC. Bitmix, not doing KYC. Now it's Bybit, not doing KYC. And that always ends. And then your funds are trapped on that exchange. And now you have to do KYC to get them off. So we have to build a system which is zero KYC as a guarantee by design. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I completely agree. And I think you're head, headed in the right direction doing that. So my last question for you is, what's one Bitcoin myth that you'd like to debunk? um well i think one that i've been thinking about recently over the last couple of days is all kinds of people have different explanations for why bitcoin is valuable all wrong but the one that i dislike the most is this idea that bitcoin is valuable because it um, is tokenized electricity right proof of work all the miners putting in electricity and the reason i dislike it so much and find it so weird that that Bitcoiners seem to, like at least some Bitcoiners seem to like this idea, is because it's basically Marxism. So Marx had this idea of the labor theory of value. Like where does the value in a shoe comes? Well, uh, uh, you know, a cobbler spent eight hours making the shoe and therefore the shoe has eight hours worth of value embedded in it. But we know that that's nonsense. Value doesn't come from how much time you invest in it. Value comes from how much people need it, from the value that people assign to it. Value comes from demand. And so, um, I think what's special about Bitcoin and, and the reason it's so confusing is because there, there is nothing behind Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin is just digital scarcity in its purest form. It's scarcity in its purest form. Um, and, uh, and we actually don't need an explanation for why Bitcoin is valuable. Bitcoin is valuable in part because it's useless. And I, I'll just explain what I mean with that with one thought, right? So money is not a thing. Money is a unit of measurement. It's how we decide how valuable other things are. And like every unit of measurement, the ideal unit of measurement is one which is not affected by the thing that it's measuring, right? If kilograms would change based on like how much you were dieting, then they would lose value as a measurement of weight. In the same way, money can't be useful for something because it's measuring the value of how useful other things are. And so actually, the purest, best form of money is useless by design. That was really good. <laughs> thanks for that. So uh, sure. I just wanted to say thanks again for coming on. And where can people find you and Sovereign? Well, Sovereign is sovereign.app, which is uh, S-O-V-R-Y-N.app. And, uh, you know, we're Sovereign BTC on Twitter. Um, I'm also on Twitter. I'm uh, Idan Iago, like at Idan Iago. And um, I'd invite everyone to come check out Sovereign. We have um, a very active community. We've got a lot of open source developers who are contributing to the code. 
And really, we invite anyone who, who wants to be engaged in the next stage of decentralizing the services around Bitcoin and, and expanding Bitcoin's defense in depth to come and contribute to the, to the project. You don't have to be a developer. You can just be a person who wants to contribute. And, and there's a million things that you can do. Awesome. Well, thanks again for everyone listening and uh, have a good day.